Hi, I'm Jackie Goddard and this is Power to Speak, the podcast, where I talk to a mix of creatives, thought leaders, authors, in fact, anyone with an interesting and inspiring story to tell. How did they get here? What have they learned? And how can their journey help us mere mortals? In this episode, I talk to founder of You Are The Media, author of The Content Revolution and all-round marketing legend, Mark Masters. In You Are The Media, Mark has built a valuable B2B networking and learning community. In lockdown, the community transferred online and is now connecting with people from all over the world, inviting exciting and inspirational speakers to join in the fun and share their wisdom. Now, as we emerge, ever the showman, Mark is pioneering a hybrid version of the event, enabling both an in-person and on-screen audience to be educated and entertained. In our conversation, Mark tells me why you should build your space before you need it, why it pays to give stuff away for free, except cupcakes, and what made him do stand-up comedy. Enjoy. Yay, we are recording. We are not live, uh, but we are here, and I'm so excited. This is the first one on StreamYard, and I'm so happy and privileged to have as my StreamYard guinea pig, founder of You Are The Media, Mark Masters. So welcome, Mark. It's lovely to be here, Jackie, and uh, I hope I do this the service that you want as you find this journey on StreamYard and I don't want to be like that. I'm like, I'm going to be down there. I'm yeah. level with one another, everything else. Perfect. Uh, well, let, let's let, have some fun. Yay. Let's all look. I'm giving away, giving away too much there. And um, where I would like to start with you, Mark, because obviously I know you from You Are The Media and for coming along to the lunch clubs back with, when they were at the Shelley Theatre. So, yeah, back before everything that's happened in the last 18 months, when we were actually in a room and you were putting on a show, which, you know, you are renowned for even now, even though we, we you know, everything moved online and on screen, yeah. there is still that element of the show. But what I'd really like to start with, because th- this, I think, will lead us into that, is the, f- that, the fact that you were once a stand-up comic. So I, uh, it's easy. Tell me. Yeah, again, it makes... I so when I lived in London, let's put it this way. I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it the pomp and ceremony that. Oh, he was. Oh, he was down at the Apollo. He was doing this on Friday night at the Palladium and stuff. When I was in London, when I used to live in London after university, I used to give it a little bit of a uh, um, a punt by trying out jokes and stand up on the nights that they used to do in pubs in Crouch End in North London. And um, it was great. Do you know what? The, and now that, that I'm more into what I do in a professional, in a work level, um, I find it really important because I wish I, I'd like to do more of it because it puts you in these places. Here's the thing, where no one laughs at you. <laughs> where no one laughs. And it's a little bit like, I guess, with what you do, your side is how we put ourselves and, and, and be brave and stand up and deliver in front of an audience. But be prepared be prepared when no one else laughs at your jokes. So I did that a few times. Um, crushed and bombed. I'd like to do it again, though. I'd like to do it again. Well, I mean, it is, it's a bizarre thing, stand-up. And I think, you know, as an, coming from an acting background and, and having been on stage in other people's plays and spoken other people's words as other characters, stand-up I always thought would be great, but I would need somebody to write me a script, I think. So how did you do it? Because you're very good at winging 
winging it kind of thing. But how how do you stand up with a whole load of jokes? And d did you script it? Uh, yeah, do you, um, the, you, there are certain 50-50. You have your script and then you see what you can uh, get away with, such as trying to find ways that you can find a common ground with your audience. Because otherwise it just becomes parrot fashion with, did you know, what do you call, why didn't this? And, and then you just move on to the next one. So you have to find ways uh, uh, to interact and to weave your narrative, your jokes. Of course, it's all making it sound very B2B. You're mm. weaving what you're trying to say in with other people. So they think he's not just reading this. It's just off a script. It's a bit wooden. And that's the really difficult part. But that listen, that goes to move us into today's world where we deliver and and we like with you the media please it didn't didn't mean to say listen i'm not i'm not some performer i'm not some man who spent time in the arts and this is just thing that i've learned and i and i realized that that's a love it's a brilliant way to enable us to prove ourselves by standing in front of our audience knowing our topic and our subject matter and then being able to deliver it but can we come back to it time and time again and how can we make it sound fresh Imagine yeah. if what I was saying, imagine what we were saying two years ago is 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 is, exact, is a carbon copy of what we say today as we come out of the pandemic and adjust to life and everything else that we're used to today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to, I do wonder why. What what made you think I'm going to do this? Because it's it's incredibly scary. It's it's bad enough being on a stage when you are hiding behind a character, but when you when you're standing up there and saying laugh at me, I mean, what made you do it? Um, I guess it's my um, kamikaze attitude. <laughs> you sometimes just think, I just want to do it. What will happen? And if no one laughs, or can you do can you do an act on being unfunny? Or can you do an act that isn't? So that that that's where um, it started from. And just having a play in 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 a pub with uh, not many people in it. So <laughs> good fun though. Makes yeah. me sound, makes me sound down to earth now though. When 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 chatting to people, so I didn't know that Mark. Yeah, I'm giving it a go. Wasn't very what is good. It? I mean, it's, it is, as you say, relates to everything that we are talking about now, you know, in terms of what I do and looking at uh, and as an actor's training to get us out there and, and put people outside of their comfort zone, because that's the way of the world now. We have to kind of be seen. We have to show up. We have to put ourselves outside of our comfort zone. So is that something that crossed your mind when you were doing that? Um, not really the time. The time was a Tuesday or a Thursday night thing that I wanted to do. Because I, I guess as well, Jackie, is that I've always, I've always tried to find ways of testing out, doing things, trying things out, and seeing how they work. And that's 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 helped form me today and what I've tried together and how you the media come together and how that progresses. It's sometimes it's best to put ourselves and put our neck on the line and be prepared to cut ourselves in front of other people so so what we learn from we can then share with others which is the thing when you're in your 20s you don't think about it. you just want to go out and party and have fun and uh, and and and, uh, and be the joker in the class but as you get older you can then start to find these ways that 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 that, that is relatable to other people but I've always been a firm believer in trying things out seeing what works seeing what needs to be, see what you need to invest time and effort in. So then you can share with people to say, ta-da, I think it works like this. And I think you can, other people can have a play and look at it and 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 dance with it in their own way. And that's yeah. the only way. I'm a big believer. I think that's what we should all be, many of us should be doing rather than just reading reading theory or or 
or watching people telling us that we can be the best version of ourselves or when someone says you need to be creating amazing compelling content but what exactly is amazing and compelling content yeah and and really you only find out what that is by doing it yeah Yeah. very much so yeah I mean my in my old incarnation as uh, Attica's Arts and the creative conversations it was that you know what is creativity and uh, I think it was my dad that I asked and he said well it's just doing and actually there is something in that it's you know if you don't get out and do it then you're not going to cre- you're not going to create there's uh, you're not going to be yeah. creative that's a big point there isn't it by saying that by sometimes we, do, we just have to we just have to sit down get a chair and pull a seat up at the table and to do the work and that yeah and that do you know what I mean taking taking on board what creativity is to me that is having the guts to do something and try something out and be prepared I know you know you know we need to pay the bills and everything else but how can we do something how can we learn from it and how can we share that and to me that's what creativity represents exactly what your dad said by saying sometimes we just got to do these things and and if and if it doesn't work we walk away from it because sometimes yeah. it may just be our ego that is bruised rather than our, our pocket and our uh, our bank account yeah yeah I mean I can I can see going back to um the experimenting and everything that you're doing now and the stand-up I can I can imagine that you were the joker in the class is that were you the joke were you the, the guy that was always making the jokes wanted to be funny yeah, I was Jackie. There were girls to attract, Jackie. There were girls out there. Yeah. Attention. If I couldn't do it in any other way, by not by not my looks, I, I had to I had to give it. I had to, I had to give it. I had to give it that. Yeah, I have to say it works. It certainly worked for me when I was back at school. Yeah. Anyway, not going there. Um, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying this conversation already. <laughs> uh, but is that? I, I'm. People I've spoken to recently, it, there seems to be a theme. There seems to be this kind of connection from what it is that you're doing. And I think this might have come up in a You Are The Media, one of the learning things, actually, or, or from one of the guests, is that what you were doing when you were sort of around 9, 10, 11 years old is something that you end up almost coming back to when, you, when, you've, when you've tried everything else. Yeah. And that is, is always the thing that gives us the passion uh, and and creates the enjoyment in the work that we do so do you think that what you were doing uh, back at school and and in, is kind of what you're doing now do you know what I always wanted to be a journalist and that was one of my that was one of my things I wanted to be when I was a, a young boy so when I look up at people like Darren Slade at the Bournemouth Echo and people like that that we both know and respect um, I always yeah I used to write a lot at school and then I, I whatever trajectory I took and whatever path I took became the thing that I studied and everything else. But now where we are now, I love, I love writing. You could take away, um, you could take away audio, you could take away video, but the thing that I love, and because it's what I started with when you were the media began in 2013 to where we are now uh, in the latter, coming up to the latter part of 2021 was writing. And you're right. Going back to the things that, that, that filled my heart and the things that I enjoyed um, when I was a lot younger, was writing, and that became my passion. And if I, and here's here's my thing: is that if if I didn't become the, if I wasn't selected to be a journalist, then why can I c- pursue my endeavours and the things that I enjoyed and found another way around it, which is which comes back to what tech allows us and what how how we all become digitally enabled, and as all the barriers come down in social and everything else, and the means that we can address people. That that was my medium, and that's the thing that I love then, and that's the thing that I love now. Um, 
and 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 it, and it does. It comes back to what you say there with these things that we studied at school and in our formative years has an impact of what we do today. Yeah. So where did where did marketing come into that? When 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 was that point that you thought, well, this this is the business that I'd like to get into? Um, if it if it wasn't journalism, why marketing? It was because I was in London and and that opportunity arose. Then I was working for the ad agencies in London um, after university and from my twenties and thirties. So I was working in town for some decent sized agencies, people like Havas and, and and companies like that. There's more in the ad. So when it became advertising. That was my skilled spot, shall I say, when it comes to uh, uh, that part of the world and, and and that industry in terms of advertising, predominantly advertising and marketing. That had then that that helped me progress to one. And I picked up my own journey with what I did by setting up my own business. Uh, uh, but yeah, my grounding, yeah, my grounding was in a, was in this advertising commerce business background, um, and then I moved back. Then I moved back to uh, sunny Bournemouth. Where's I moved back? God, it feels like I've been here so long now. Ten years ago or so. Nice to be by the sea, though. Jack. Yes, yeah. I mean, it, is Bournemouth where you're from? Yeah, I'm a Paul lad, born and bred. Which is why, because I'm from Paul. Which is why when I I wanted to get away when I was a kid because I I I. I it, it wasn't a place for me. But as I come back and I see all the place through adult eyes when I was living away and I can see what was happening, I could see there was a buzz um, in a place called Ashley Crossing Pool, the bars that were popping up and the things that were happening. Um, I wanted to come back to be a part of it, which is why now, now I will always champion this place that we are from. I'm a big believer in why we need to be, to have importance in the place that we are from rather than just the places where we work. For instance, after when we have the conference, I will always use the words that conjure up being a kid again and going to the beach. So I'll always use words like the seaside. So I like that idea as we pull people down from around the UK and further, I, I, I'm a big believer that we have to create this place called home, but that only happens because this is my home. I'm from Paul. I will always shout, Paul. I will always... I did want to become the mayor of Paul a year or so. That was one of my that was on my bucket list. One yeah. of my bucket list things was to be the mayor of Paul. There's a there's a boxer, isn't there, that won a silver at the Olympics? Did you hear that? And I can't remember. I think it was Wolverhampton. He was from, and when okay. he came back, that was on his bucket list was to be the mayor. And so when he came back from the Olympics, literally this last week or so, he has been honor. He's been made honorary mayor. So you know, there's hope for you yet. Yeah? Listen, Jackie, opening co-ops. I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go let's go back to you other media and uh we're starting at the lunch clubs and starting with the fact uh that you've just touched on that they were very localized you know it, it, the Shelley theater beautiful theater in uh Southbourne Boscombe it's that kind of area um yeah beautiful old theater and I just used to love coming there to to come to those surroundings to meet sort of uh, all, all you guys that were sort of local because I'm in Hampshire I'm a you know I'm across the border yeah. yes but in lockdown it kind of it changed to online and now has kind of gone global so so what has that journey been why did the lunch clubs start I mean I, and then how how has did it transition during lockdown that's a good question I so I started you with the media in October 2013 it was an email um that I, I i would send every week but I, I i had zero audience my mum's my biggest fan so my mum would get the email a few others i would do all the things that gdpr didn't allow by scraping lists and i build it from there 
And then I, I published a book in 2015 called The Content Revolution. So I started to build an audience. When I talk about audience, it's people that left their email. So email subscribers. Um, look at this. Slick now, eh? <laughs> I, I wasn't sure you'd notice. <laughs> so then um, in 2016, coming to your question, was when we started the You Are The Media Lunch Club. And the reason I did it was because there were people that were subscribing and I was seeing an increase of people that were from the local area. And I thought, what? Why don't we get together? And why can't I? Why can't we all meet up and see one another? It doesn't always have to be hid behind an email. So we did it. Uh, the first one was in 2016, June, at Steel Raymond, bless Lee Taylor, in the middle of Bournemouth at a solicitor's. Um, and we did it on their floor there. And then we just kept on going and we just put it into little to little sm smaller venues. People could have the lunch. That was the thing. Food is a big part of this. People have the lunch. There is a topic that relates to creation, that relates to marketing, content marketing, independence, and also building something. And then in fast forward, so we kept on doing it. Then we had a start of the conference in 2018 and 2019. We had everything planned for 2020. There was workshops that were happening. We just started workshops. Um, so Shelley Theatre was almost becoming a school. So we kicked off with one with Janet Murray that was kicking off a year on uh, content and what to say. It was everything, Jackie, was scheduled. Everything was scheduled. The conference was bosh, bang in May. We had about seven, seven or eight workshops that were planned around the local area. We had eight or nine You Are The Media Lunch Clubs. And then, as we all know what happened, uh, uh, the world went dark on us all. And it was horrible because then I lost everything that was planned. I lost. But here, here is here, this is for many of us, Jackie, is that with with what happened, happened all around us and all over the globe as well. Is that people realize that no one was really loyal to them. But I realized now my big lesson is that. Because you, the media had always had already been there, it was easy for the ask when the world went when the earthquake happened. And we said, right, we're going to test this and we're going to move this online. And so my big thing was that we have to build these places before you need it. And we always need to keep the well topped up. So we've been talking about, yeah, we create content for leads and bringing people on side and all this other stuff that we talk about. We need, with the reason that I've written, this is only from my own learning, the reason that we create and the reason we build subscribers and the reason we get people on board thinking, I don't want to go anywhere else, is because we build our audience before we need it. So when we start, and here's, here's, here's an example, this time, January 2020, I didn't even have a Zoom account. I didn't have a Zoom account. What do we always use? So anyway, so... What I was using, so I thought, let's test this out. So we're going to move. We're going to try this out. We're going to move what we did with you and the Media Lunch Club, and we're going to put this uh, online on Zoom on a lunchtime. And I remember the very first one that we did, and a uh, good ally of you and the media, Jake Moore, he, he led it, and it was all around, where is hope? Where is hope through what was happening at the time last March? And you could see people, the people were almost in tears. Then it got worse. Then we got Zoom bombed. And so we had people that were coming on the screen and it was just chaos. It was havoc that was happening. But it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning about learning, doing things so we can get better at it. And the only reason, the only way is that we have to start. We have to start somewhere. So we, so coming to where we are now is that you, I, we found our home online. 
And we managed to bring in other people from around the country and overseas as well to be a part of it. And you very much a part of it as well, Jackie, with our, our learning and what we have as well. So we found these different threads. Online has been a revelation. 2021 has been probably one of the best years for me commercially in terms of understanding how these platforms work. So online to me has been this massive opener of how we learn together. So you are the media, you are the media online. It was our monthly event where we would reach out to, to people from around the globe. Yeah, it was, it was paid. There was people paid to come. Uh, and the reason paid is because if we're going out, because, hey, we, everything kind of stopped my side. I thought, let's try it. And then the other side was that we created You the Media Learning as well, which was delivered by Matt King. And that is free for everyone. And that is a community learning group, which you did with brilliantly on the last one that we did when it was coming to present it. But, but, but moving into this place online is, is now the place that I love. I find it's like what we're doing now. I can talk to you much more eloquently than I did this time last year. I've, I'm used to how it all works. But the thing is, is now, is now as, as we're starting to get out again, we're, starting to, we're about to move back to uh, the offline format again. And that feels new. That feels completely new as we go back to in-person events, which is where we started. But as we come used to it and learn how all this worked and how this discipline worked and how we deliver training and learning uh, and education and people to, to take on board. And I believe you can still have a sense of community online. This has been good. It's been horrible the last year, but where I am now, I'm chatting to you, Jackie, I feel more buoyed. I feel enthused. I think the possibility that's there for all of us is something that we've never had before in our lives. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, for me, and I, as you say, it's been an awful, awful year for many, many people. But without the last 18 months, I don't think I would have had the time or the confidence sorry, to to just think about what it is that I really want to do, what I really need to do. Um, and You Are The Media has been a really big part of that. So I have to thank you for that because coming along and having the online version for that every two weeks it was in the early days, wasn't it? Yeah. That it really just um, was a lifeline to kind of be in a room with other people. And I always felt that coming there in, in person was that you you did feel part of a community um, and so yes so yeah so many amazing things that have, have come out of of going online let me um, just pick up on this can i just pick up on this as well what you were talking about there is that just where we have a business message and we can create and as we saw when the pandemic happened everyone was doing webinars and things such as that but you realize there is still a way to create togetherness online so what we did um, with you of the media online so rather than just being right we're gonna create a webinar now i'm gonna talk to you about how you need to set up emails and what your return on investment will be for the next 18 months or so balls to that because we we had all had enough and it was lonely and it was scary and it was in a place and a position that none of us had ever been before so why can't we just be normal so for instance we thought well let's create a show let's create a show on zoom again dabbling 
uh, we hadn't done it. So we had a we have a section called winning. Whereas when we started, it wasn't about hey, I've just won this six month contract, or we've had the biggest month we've ever. Because people don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear other people because it makes us feel bad and insecure with ourselves as someone's gloating about the new client that they've got in lockdown. So what we did, let's bring it all down to a normal person level. For instance, somebody that may have taught their kids to cycle maybe someone maybe even maybe even a husband or a wife or boyfriend or girlfriend gave the other person a really good haircut so <laughs> where can we share the joy in people's lives but still put it in a business context plus we can raise the bar now everyone by reaching out to people not within our own geographic areas which comes back to me raising a bar and where we live in Paul and Bournemouth and Dorset but we can now reach out to other people from around the world and bring them into our spaces. And this is not going to stop, boys and girls. This, to me, is, is, a, is a gold mine that we can reach out to. We don't have to now go to events or go to places. And it's just the person up the road. It's just this, the same old, not the same old face, because people have very good points to get across. But now we can bring in and get to know these authors, these speakers, these people that have notoriety and bigger audiences that we could ever have. And I love the fact that we can bring them to our own barbecues. Yeah, absolutely. And I, just in, in terms of, again, me being involved with you and uh, you are the media. Firstly, I'd, like, I'd love to know who the first person you reached out to was, because uh, those of you that are listening that or watching that haven't seen you are the media and the, and the guys that marks you've, you've managed to get in they you know they are from all over the world and mark schaefer you know joseph jaffe the jeff cottrell they're, i mean they're all people that have been uh forefront of, of their businesses and yeah. so who was the first one you approached and how how did it how did you do that Good. Let's go. Who did I reach out to? I think it must have been Mark Schaefer. The reason it was Mark is that we've got to know one another over the years. Me and him met at, a, at an event that we were both talking at in Brazil. We both got on. Mark come Mark come to speak at the conference in 2018. We had a thing called Schaefer at the Seaside in May 2019. Um, you know, here's someone that I love his work, respect, and and the books that he's produced over the years is has changed my thinking and perception and he's just probably the, the, the best speaker in front of an audience I've ever seen so it's quite easy when you have people on your site all you want is people on your team so when I reached out to Mark I said can you help us out can, can you help us out he was like look no pro he was he was like no problem I, I remember coming in to uh coming to watch you I think it was after the Joseph Jaffe was on your uh on the you are the media and we stayed behind for a bit longer after everybody sort of disappeared. And I just was full of questions because I, um, Joseph was talking about Corona TV and his podcast. And I was like, well, I want to start one of those. How do I do that? And, you know, all well, you guys were really sort of giving me some good, some good advice. And you were a guest on his show, I think the following day. So I came, I came along and I, well, I watched that live and then I thought, Oh, I'll just pop into the zoom room afterwards. It was like an after show, <laughs> which, you know, talk about, Talk about kind of putting yourself outside your comfort zone. I can remember my finger wavering over the link. It was like, shall I do this or shall I not? But I, I seriously thought I was going to pop up in a room with, I don't know, 50, 60 other people. And I'd just be one of the little thumbnails and I'd just listen. But when I clicked on the link and I popped up in this room with like six 
of you guys. There was you and Joseph and, and Tom Morris. And I, I mean, it was just mad for me to kind of turn up in this room. But but you were all very welcoming. I felt like I'd gate crashed. No, some, some but listen, no, 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 no. It's like same here. And you realise that oh, you always have that sense of trepidation. And I always did when I first started out. I, I, uh, I had a project called Talking Content. I reached out to over 100 people and asked them and interviewed them. And these, this was the, my little line in the sand to get to know these people, Joseph, Mark, Trevor Young, all these people from around the world. But when you read someone's book, you're a little bit in awe of such. Do you know what I mean? We're all in awe of these people. Yeah, absolutely. And I only realized that everyone's, everyone's pretty down to earth at the end of the day. Yeah. As long as we don't abuse someone's time, as long as what we can share with one uh, with one another is useful, as listen, it's a nice tip that sometimes it's nice to shout and wave the flag for somebody else's work because then they think, hey, they're on my level. So when we kind of come into these places, which is why it feels easier now, like when we had the the trial for you, the media online, offline, and we had Tom rounding it off, you know, good guest of your show, rounding it off of his whimsical philosophy. And it was yeah. brilliant, and which is why I love about we can reach out to lots of people that that and the guardian. There's no, there's no, no one guard the guardian these spaces anymore. That we can reach out to people, and 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 then when the connection's there, it's so much more easier. But I yeah. like that feeding back to everyone else, and we share it all together. So when we when we come together now, and we listen to people on the screen, and we do it all online, it's it's. It's a way that everyone feels a part of something. I'm a big believer in that we don't necessarily need to create a hierarchy. It doesn't matter where you are standing or sitting, you can all be in that same space together. Do you know what I mean? Rather than talk, yeah. being at a conference and someone's talking at you, talking down at you, then why can't we adjust that so we all feel a part of something? Like, as you said there, when I was part of the room, it was lovely, it was great, yeah. we were chatting, and, and it was just a nice way to end a Friday that I felt welcomed and so I'll always try my hardest to make those people that have been there at the wheel and doing it for many many years feel a part of it as well because then they yeah. become our friends yeah and they and they do you know and uh, Joseph Jaffe it comes along to the lunch club Tom Morris comes along to the lunch club because now they feel part of that community so important I love yeah. that yeah again, they're overseas people in America people in America come on board so we do an arbit and we kind of join in and everyone a mutual respect for everybody yes. that's there and yeah. those people that know that people give without an acceptance. You know, you, when you walk into a networking event, you want to kind of sell your wares or get something out. But when you create a space where people understand this and there's this unwritten etiquette that yeah. you are a part of and respect that and understand one another and not there to coerce or abuse or in a way that makes somebody else think, well, this isn't really for me. It's a bit. Yeah. That That is, yeah, that's worth its weight to me. It, it, means it is. It to me. It is. When I started my business over three years ago, going out on my own, the networking thing was something I'd never done before and something that I sort of knew that I had to give it a go. Um, and it felt very much like that different ones I was going to. It felt like I was being sold to by the person sat next to me or, you know, busy, you know, come come away with all these business cards. Um, and But it never felt like a community. It never felt collaborative, which is what I was after in a network was, you know, the, the people that I could talk to on a level I could collaborate with that I could help and that could help me and yeah. to me that's what networking is and to me that's what you are the media is 
We are not ending here, just taking a quick break to remind you that you are listening to Power to Speak the podcast with my guest, Mark Masters. And there will be more wise words from Mark after we hear from our friend, fellow podcaster and teller of tantalising tales from the Storytelling with Puck podcast, Stefano Capacchione. The story I'll, I'll read for you. The once with three little girls. This is a dream that I think really shows how we view transformation. Dreams, emotions, empathy, connection, stories. Storytelling with Puck. Find your next tantalizing tale on your favorite podcast platform or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Thanks, Stefano. Now back to Mark. But just, I just want to touch again, going back to that thing of the fact that now it's almost global, is that have you made a rod for your own back, really, in that that's, you can't now stop that. You can't shut those people from the rest of the world out because they can't make it to pool because they can't make it to the lighthouse, because they can't make it to Christchurch. So, so you now are always going to have to have that, that digital element. Yeah, very important. Because, right, and again, you're good at these. I like chatting to you. So when we went online in March and I realised that there were people from around the UK or wherever they were would come back to the next show, would come back again. So... I don't want to, you don't want to neglect people that just because you're down here, listen, I don't want to turn things into roadshows. And we, in February last year, we launched in Bristol and it was great. We filled a pub up in the middle of Bristol, but I'm realizing our lessons from the pandemic and everything else. I don't necessarily want to be traveling around the UK and everything else that goes with it. So how do you do something that makes people still feel a part of something, even if they're not within a, 20 minute hours drive and so as we trialed out now going forward with everything is the you of the media online offline so it does not matter where you are sitting you can still feel a part of something the you of the media online will continue in its format on zoom but now there is the opportunity for people to come together and to be in a theater and see people again and chat and make new friends and reacquaint themselves with people that they haven't seen for many, many months. But what I want to do is, is that those people that are tuning in that can't get to the venue, they're the stars of the show. So when we have the big Zoom screen, we try it out at the lighthouse in Paul, and it works, little things we need to tinker with. So when you ask there, is that creating a rod for your own back as, as live events start again, how can people still feel a part of it? but we still keep to the caliber of guests that we've had. It just means that doors open. It's like people It's like people coming to your own party. People are in the lounge now. People are in the kitchen. But it just so happens to be that people that were used to the format that, have always, that we've already been doing can still feel a part of it. So we can still do our winning section and reach out to someone from somewhere totally different. And, and, they, and I realized that the secret to it is, is you're effectively doing two shows for two audiences. But from what we tested out in July, it's all this thing of eye contact and who you are addressing. So imagine if I'm like going down and I'm, and I'm chatting to the audience and I'm looking at them, but now I'm looking at Jackie and I'm looking at you watching now and I'm dressing you and, I'm, and, and, and how I'm reasoning and, and we're doing that. But there may be a moment when I'm back in the audience there when we're doing that, but then we come. 
And it's just this play. I guess it comes back to the start of our conversation of addressing art and how we address our audience. Because it would be rubbish if I'm if you're watching online and all you got is that, right? Yeah. Why, am I, why am I doing that's a waste of money? Why am I doing that? It's not where's it's it's it's, it's listen, it's, it's difficult. We're getting used to it now. Yeah. How can we set up? Because that's then we have our main guest and what they talk and everything else. So when I'm talking to the main guest, I am addressing the the screen. But when there are moments to look up and, and to interact with the audience, that's there. Again, this is all this is all this is new stuff that I'm getting to used to as we're moving into this hybrid yeah. space. But I, I can genuinely see it working. I'm, this is a thing that I'm extremely buoyed by and yeah. excited by, and we all discover it together. Yeah, and, and certainly it, it feels like you are pioneering something going forward. You know, this this is innovation that is coming out of the pandemic. You know, yeah. out of necessity. But so, innovation, innovation, Jackie, that is attainable. Yes. Um, it's, it's, for instance, we have the tech, things like Zoom. I'm now finding out ways now how Zoom is the broadcasting mechanism, but, but we're testing things out. So when you come to the theatre, the screen will feel like a cinema screen and like what we're looking at now and things moving and everything else. But those people watching at home on Zoom is the normal thing. By the way, those people that are watching on Zoom that is, is, half, is more than half the price than the people that were watching in the theatre. Yeah, so you keep it fair. You don't all of a sudden, what? Because you, the, what you're, we're doing in the theatre is food and everything else as well. And that would be unfair to someone watching online. You can't charge the same uh, if someone's consuming if someone's consuming the same content, but the, the way that it's delivered is slightly different. If you're there in person, you're going to have food. You're going to have a drink. You're going to stay behind. Yeah. We certainly yeah. had a drink when we tested it out. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was yeah, um, yeah. I mean that that is that, that thing as well. Of uh, just made me think that people that you you've been working quite closely with, Matt King and and the, the other guys, that some of them you've, you've hardly even met because it's all kind of kicked off on good online. Story. Good story. So Matt King, very much a part of it. And people thought, oh, "Has Matt been in this for ages?" Matt came to his very first You Are the Media lunch club in February 2020. So we had Janine Coombs down. She was our, our main, she was our main guest. And Matt just said to me, he said, Mark, how can I get more involved? I'd love to get involved. One day I'd like to be on that stage helping present or, or deliver You Are the Media. By the way, I, I started to get to a point where other people were hosting people like Trisha Lewis, Jake Moore. So I was more of the production than I was on the stage, um, which is where I'd like to take what, what, what's happening with the You of the Media Online Offline. But um, Matt said to me, I'd like to get involved. How do I get involved? How do I, you know, at some point I want to be hosting this. And I said to him, Matt, just turn up, just show up. Just feel up, just be a part of this, will you? He says, yeah, okay. So when we had, we had You of the Media Online and we had, a, we had in our winning section, um, he had, whatever he'd done, Matt had done something, so he was the winning section, and he made his own little intro video, and he made his own little video for it, and he got involved, or for instance, we did, um, when it was Christmas, we put together, everyone sang, we did a little video, and a number of people sang Band-Aids, do they know it's Christmas? So Matt put it all together, he's a person that put it all together, he's a real jack-of-all-trades. So then we said, well, why don't you have this set this thing here called you are the media learning this element of it and you drive it and you lead it and that's the that's 
the, the lovely thing now is that there's, as we're starting to come together, we're seeing people that I haven't even met in person. We tried it out and some people were there. But those people had only just come on board before the pandemic are now really stepping forward. It's all about this little 5%, these increments of 5% and, and what people put into it and can lead. And, and that's one of the things I'd like to do is as more doors open and more opportunities there, other people lead it. It doesn't need, it doesn't need me. That's how what community means. Yeah. I don't want to do my email. I'm the person that binds it all together, but I, that I would love um, other initiatives that people want to lead to say, well, take this because there's an audience there, a receptive audience. And how can we find these other um, avenues that people want to lead on and deliver with? What were you doing before you are the media? Because that wasn't, that wasn't the first thing that you did, was it? No, because I tried, listen, I, tr I tried lots of experiments. I'm like a man that is always the human cannonball trying out ideas but nothing ever landing and i realize now the reason it wasn't landing was that it wasn't really of of interest to other people or it was too too generic or the things i would try like i tried like an interview format with people on the stage it didn't really have legs it was just it was really talented people but it was kind of generic and fit and it managed to fit a formula um, I spent lots of money trying out other ideas. There were things I wanted to do. And that was it. I did a thing called If You Could Go Back. And the idea was to go to business owners and what advice would they, three things that advice that they would give to themselves at the start of their career. Um, I was trying to get a charity to print it to make money for a charity, but then that would involve costs for print and things such as that. Again, it was a one-off. One-off ideas that didn't have longevity fail. So when you asked what was I doing before you were the media, I was throwing punches and nothing was landing. And the reason you were the media started was that there's a picture on the on the you were the media website in the about section. It's like a backstory, a story that explains it all. And at the start of it, all, I was realizing I was wasting so much money on sales promotion techniques. So I was spending money on making cupcakes for prospects, potential clients, and would go out and we would deliver the cupcakes in nice boxes with the company logo on to businesses. But all that companies were bothered about was having free cupcakes. They weren't really interested in having a conversation. So I was thinking, why am I wasting all this money on trying to get someone to like me when really I thought, well, let's start something now that doesn't cost too much. And that's starting an email and using something like MailChimp and just to start to create. The more you create, the more organic, the more you create, the greater the opportunity to build an audience that you can deliver something organically that over time can help monetize, that you can look at different avenues because it comes down to this, how people trust us. They know that you're not going to let them down and you're not, it comes back to you know that you're not going to just deliver one-off pieces that do not strike a chord with anyone else. The reason people come back to you, the media, is that it's there. I've never let anybody down. That's the whole thing during the pandemic. I made sure we we ramped up activity. We had quizzes on a Friday evening. We um, how you the media online, as you said, we had it fortnightly. And then I said to people, it's fortnightly too much. The people said, yeah, a little bit. So we did it monthly. But the the, the weekly email did not stop. And throughout the fifty two weeks of twenty twenty, I was shattered. I had to take a break around June. I was I was really I was around June July time. I just wanted a week off. It, it did it, it just did affect me. But but the but you want to show to people that you're there, 
and whether someone wants to pick up the phone and that's 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 the great that's the ability of what we can do when we can create something is to build a place that people enjoy and that they feel a part of and also learn yeah but do you think at any point you're kind of you're giving too much i mean is there is there too much i mean obviously you, you, we pay for the lunch club but i'm 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 just wondering whether what was the, what was the benefit of giving it all for the learning is all free your the newsletter is free and you know i have to say i read the newsletter every single week it's just you know okay. it's 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 valuable content for me yeah. i mean so so what is it behind i mean i've spoken about community slightly but maybe go more into the fact of of building that community and how all of this kind of free content that's a really good question jackie because um, there's a lot that's happening at the minute in terms of how we need to create paid subscriptions. And we see it with places like Substack, which is how you can how we can create newsletters that people pay for the privilege. But when you have small audiences or hardly any audience, no one is going to pay for your work. The reason I create, the reason I've created a lot of my work for free, the email that, that's free and everything else, is that it indirectly leads to income. Whilst at the same time, hey, it all helps give my reputation a boost. So I was all my unwritten contract is that I will be your paper boy and other people's paper boy on 6.30 on a Thursday morning. And the reason I do that is that when it comes to my turn to ask, yeah, uh, when it comes to my turn to ask to say, look, I have we have this event, we have the conference, we did you with the media learning this year. It's almost a way to say that my, me giving all this stuff away for free is that. I want people to see how I work. I want people to understand my perspective and the angle that I'm coming from. And I do, when I send the email as well, it's that 80-20 rule. So 80% based on the value that I create and ideas that I share with the audience and 20% is still there to sell. You know, otherwise the view of the media started off as a side project but where it's going, it's becoming the main thing, uh, in my main business as it were. But we have to show people, the reason we create it for free is that we have to show people what we care about. And my thing is, the more that we give away, the more that we can, in time, get back. I'm a huge believer of that and proof in that and how that works. Yeah. And so, and it is working. It is working. So yeah, it is. Because we can, because if we, if we have this miserly mindset, no, I don't want to give you that, or join our Facebook group, and all I want to do is ram something down your throat because you want to sign up to this mastermind group or i'm going to sign up for this thing now we're going to do this whereas sharing for free helps you do better in the long run and it's all about a mindset if it's just short term short termist approach right uh come to this event that we're doing there's only 32 places that are left it's it's always campaign led bash 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 how can i say how can i get someone on board because if you're thinking, right, I'm, I'm tuned into this for the for the longer long haul. I want people to come on board. I'm going to share my ideas. I'm going to introduce other people. I'm going to connect with people. I'm going to, and I'm going to make friends as well while we're doing it. So while I'm saying that we don't always have to close the door when we can put the welcome mat out there for people because it's the free content that paves the way for people to pay for your work. Yeah, and is that is that what you mean? I mean, is that what you mean by um, creating? the space before you need it yeah 
massively. And that's I'm cheer, thank you for picking back up on that back up on that again, Jackie. And that was the thing. And uh, and it was only when the disaster happened. So when I say the disaster, it did. Uh, uh, commercially, it did. Um, People had booked to come to a conference that was a couple of months away. So what did I want to do? I didn't want to, we figured out a way around that. Um, projects, clients, stuff that had all stopped. But I realized that by producing something, listen, it was Mitch Joel on, we had the You of the Media online uh, earlier this year. And Mitch Joel said, and it really struck with me. And he talked about, if you, you know, if somebody, if you're watching this and thinking, right, what can I do now? What, what angle should I look at if I'm really into uh, uh, um, climbing or something like that? And it's all about how we make money. Otherwise, we don't want to do all this stuff that it just becomes an altruistic project. We have to find ways that, that, that still pay the bills and let us go on holidays. Mitch said, what can you start that you can't stop? And that really struck a chord. And that, because I enjoy, there's always this curiosity, but it's me creating, producing, producing, putting work, people coming on board. So when the bad things happened and I asked people for help or to try something out, it didn't feel a risk. So coming full circle, when we tested out at the lighthouse to say, look, I'm thinking of trying this thing where people can watch on Zoom as well as being in the theater in a space at the same time, even though no one's ever done it before, Jackie, it wasn't a risk. It wasn't a risk in the slightest because people were already there and it showed there's certain things I'm not very good at. I had to ask and people, no, you need to do that. You need to do that. People are, people are forgiving. People are giving if they feel a part of something. And so when we step, once we're used to it and we try out new ideas, they are not a risk because you have people behind you and standing alongside you. And that ticks this box when we talk about empathy and being in the same shoes as everyone else and me believing in not trying to create a hierarchy between you and others when you can figure it all out. And all I am is the man at the front that's leading. I reach out to the contacts. I reach out to the people that are out there so I can bring everything back and we can all report and learn together. It's like the month we did, the, the You of the Media month of learning in April this year. So the You of the Media month of learning and the new You of the Media online offline, to me, is the biggest learning I've ever had in my career. I'm a 46-year-old man, and that's the biggest buzz I've ever had in my entire career and what I've discovered this year and it was only by being in a dark place that enabled us to find uh, uh, joy and, uh, and and finding out all this stuff that's around us and, and it can really work it's yeah. great yeah no it's, it's amazing I have you know exactly as you say if it hadn't have been for the community that you built then yeah the, the risk is there is no risk as you say we could have all turned up at the lighthouse in pool for for the you know, first of the Zoom hybrid uh, events, but because we are all invested in You Are The Media and we are part of that tribe, which kind of brings us all together because of what we've been all been through together over the last year and because of everything that you've put out there for us to sort of take hold of, then obviously you could have fallen flat on your face. It, you know, it, but we'd have, we'd have loved it anyway because we were, we were there as part of that community. So I think that's you know, really relevant. Yeah. yeah, the other way around is you turn up to places and say, right, you entertain me, you teach me now. And it's really and it and it's and it's quite difficult. But this but again, all I'm trying to do to share to people is are we here? It becomes a buzzword in the past year, words like community, uh, and 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 they become buzzwords in themselves. But until you can express it and see for yourself, which is why I'm always I'm a big believer that we have to show the proof. Because we can all talk the theory and 
by writing and sharing things. Hey, we need to build our community. We need to kind of create something, everyone. that It's until you get, and this is how we all differentiate, is how we go out there and how we have to figure it all out ourselves. Because then we can come back to everyone and say, look, it, this is our way to be connected. And this is how we can all start to think about that rather than just using these superlatives because it makes us look good on LinkedIn when we use big words and say, and after we talk about empathy, community, and all these words just become buzzwords really until we do yeah. something with them. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, you know, we've, we've had the discussion about um, how people's language and the language of corporates and how we kind of use language to create hierarchy. And actually, you know, that's that's of the past now, isn't it? We don't need to do that. We need to talk to people on, you know, human to human so that there is that none of that, it comes in, in between. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. About- and you're a brilliant example of that with what you do your side and what you practice, what you practice, what you preach and how we need to let our guard down and be who we are and do it in a way that you've still got a commercial edge to it. But understand that that's it. That's the way that we become relatable in business as well as our everyday lives when we're about shopping and going out for a night with our friends. Yeah, yeah. And it was the monetizing side of things that I think I was trying to get at earlier was how if if in everything that we've done in lockdown that we've kind of like I've started the podcast uh uh, you other media went online. Joseph Jaffe did Corona TV. It's you know something that's kind of, kind of kept us all going for our own well being during this really odd time that we've all been through. Is then when you come out of lockdown, how do you then uh, either carry on but almost have to monetize what it is that you've been doing in order to continue it, in order to spend the time on it, or do you do you drop it and go back to normal? Yeah, it's two ways of looking at it. You got one, you've got the main, you've got the main job that pays the bills, and then you've got the side project. This the thing that gives that gives you joy and fun and makes you smile because that's what you've always wanted to do. So you got that. Yeah, so there's two sides. You got you got that side. You got you you still got to pay the bills. Things that still need to get paid, but there may be these elements that we tried out that that, that we're starting to really enjoy. We may find out that we do. We, are, we do have a good voice when it comes to speaking or delivery. We may find out that we enjoy writing. Well, the other side is, is that we realize that what we started can be monetized. It can, we can find income from it. For instance, if someone has started something during lockdown that built an audience that was in a particular discipline or area or learning, then it may start to think, well, how can I now continue this learning? And it may be subscription-based so it may be courses that people are introducing so it presents different ways but it's what's comfortable for us for instance it would be wrong if someone goes all in say during lockdown lost my job i'm now realizing that i love gardening and i've started my garden podcast or video but then know that it was just a hobby all along and that's the biggest that's the biggest risk is that we don't want to create stuff that just becomes an expensive hobby we also have to have a commercial bone, an inkling of how this stuff can develop. Otherwise, it just becomes a huge sap on time. So we have to find ways. If we slowly build an audience, people are coming on board. It doesn't. Our audiences that we need are a lot less than we think. Kevin Kelly wrote a big article. I always use it called "A Thousand Fans," and it's based on that we need a thousand people to turn up. It's based on uh, artists come to gigs. Uh, pay for the pay for the music, come to the tours, 
And then Seth Godin wrote an article called First Ten. And it was basically saying, all we need is 10 people. Those 10 people to show up, to be bothered, because then they'll tell another 10 people. So how can we find the people that then they think there is value in this and use and worth that will help them in what they do, that with them we can find elements that will introduce a pay point. You know, the, the, the you of the media online, the, yeah, the people, there is, there, is a, there is a charge to it. But that's only because you, you, you put your heart and soul into helping, in serving other people. We just got to be careful in how we balance it. Yeah. So we do, we do, our, we do have a main job. And then we have, we have, we have ways that, that we can introduce our project, our side projects. Or the other way is that the side projects has an audience that we can start to introduce ways that, that can have a, um, that can have um, a price associated to it. Yeah. So believe in that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a development, isn't it? It's kind of finding ways of, of taking it into or shifting it somehow into yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it's better than somebody saying, you are worth a thousand pounds. You're pay, you know, you're worth a thousand pounds what you do to get people to come onto your course. But you may realize that the audience isn't at that level. So you have to realize, and it's a tricky situation, price points and how we create something that is attractive to people, which comes to when you ask that question about creating work for free. So it's the creating work for free that enables the opportunity. When the, when the time is right, I hasten to add, by saying, come to this because I'm saving the best work for you. For instance, we, you the media learner that was in uh, April. So I wanted to create, we wanted to create something where we could all learn online. So I reached out, we reached out to people from around the world and it was a workbook themed month. So everyone comes, we, we, had, a, we had a delivery on a Monday, no, on a Tuesday. Thursday was a workbook day where people spent time together on a morning and questions and answers. Then we brought a main speaker back in on a Friday. But that was all catered for the audience. So we, you didn't want to do a conference online because everyone's had enough. No one can sit in front of Zoom for eight hours. And it's figuring out ways that's a bit different from what everybody else does that people can think, ah, I haven't done this before, which makes it easier to get people to say, I am committing to you for what you are charging, because I know that you're not going to let me down. Yeah, yeah. Comes back to consistency as well. It's, you know, just as you say, showing up and being consistent. And, and people then begin to trust you because they, they know you're going to be there. Yeah, and we got and we got to do it because we enjoy it as well, Jackie. That's yeah. the main thing. I want people to see the enjoyment that goes into the work that's done. So when I smile on the stage, I'm doing it because it's genuine, not because it's yeah. forced. Yeah, yeah bringing in the entertainment into, you know, what we do, which so many people think that because you work in, in a business environment that you can't be entertaining, which yeah. is, is madness because we all need to be entertained. What's the, the Walt Disney quote? Uh, I wrote it down. I would rather entertain and hope someone, uh, they learn something rather than educate people and hope they were entertained. It's a massive, it's a massive, massive crowd. Rather entertain and hope that people learn something than educate people and hope they were entertained. That's it's huge. Yeah. And, and again, in a world today, because we're seeing this glut. Ah, listen to me, come to me. The stuff we're seeing on LinkedIn and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's not that it's we're being pulled everywhere. It's the fact that every everything, many people and companies sound the same. So why can't we? put our own spin on it and make it fun and still have that element of value and seriousness, but we can still do it in an entertaining way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a fabulous place to end. I do still have a whole list of questions 
that didn't get answered or stuff that we I was going to throw in that didn't didn't get messaged. But you've been so entertaining, Mark. It's been amazing to have this time to spend and actually chat to you. It's Thanks, just yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. And I didn't get a chance to uh, mention your book, which I know was out quite a, a while. When did you when did you write that? Two thousand. So that was published in twenty fifteen, and it's called the Content Revolution. And I basically wrote down everything I was learning, everything. I was chatting to people around the world and, and a lot of the stuff my thinking started with that, that book. And yeah. Bless you for putting up this little tip. <laughs> See, I am, I'm, for those of you that are listening to this podcast rather than watching it, um, you have been saved from actually watching me desperately trying to put up different screens and scrolling ticker things and everything. Uh, but what's going at the bottom of the screen there is the wearethemedia.co.uk, uh, which is obviously the website for the, the, well, the other arm to You Are The Media. So where can people find you, Mark? And, and, and uh, where's, where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, thanks for that. So there's two places. So youwithemedia.co.uk is the place that is the community place where we can all learn and how you can take ideas on board your side that relates to content creation, audience, and how you build something. And wearethemedia.co.uk is the commercial arm to it. So those companies, those people that say, hey, I want to take this on board for my company. How can I take this strategy and how can I make it work so people think I they do not I they I don't want to go anywhere else. So we are the media basically works with companies to put you are the media into play. I hope that made sense. Brilliant. Fabulous. Excellent. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon and uh, thank you very much for joining me on Power to Speak the podcast. Thanks, Jackie. Enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah. Loved that conversation with Mark. He's always knowledgeable, fascinating and fun. And there were lots of takeaways from our conversation for me. My favourites had to be how it pays to give away content, but also how it builds trust and community. Then how building your space or audience before you need them can diminish the risk and allow you to experiment and get creative. Also loved how we need to step outside of our comfort zone and connect with people we may be in awe of. But just generally, be prepared, be brave and keep it fresh. What were yours? Connect with me on LinkedIn or contact me through the website powertospeak.co.uk and let me know. Life is full of wise words and inspiring stories just like Mark's. So if we've put you in the mood for more, don't forget to check out some tantalising tales and magical moments from Storytelling with Puck. Find them where you find your favourite podcasts or head over to puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard, then please leave a five star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.